another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guests. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'd like to thank our sponsor, The Money Nerve, a financial resource that helps you have a healthier relationship with money. Do you feel shame around your past financial decisions? Do you feel alone in your financial struggles? Do you self-sabotage your potential financial successes? Do you keep making the same choices, expecting different results? The Money Nerve has just launched a new online course called The Course to Financial Freedom. To learn more, go to themoneynerve.com forward slash course. The Money Nerve has an offer to all Money You Should Ask listeners for a 25% discount on the course. Use code MYSA, all caps, 25, and start your course to financial freedom now. Well, I am tickled, tickled today because we have two, not one, but two, and let me say identical twins. So it's sort of two for one. Um, We have with us today, Rachel Siegelman and Sarah Routman. They are laughter champions, laughter coaches. Um, Sarah is actually has an M. MA in adult education. She became a laughter professional. Um, She became a certified laughter yoga leader and trainer, which means she can teach other people how to laugh. Um, A lot of people need that, I think, these days. Rachel, I needed it. You needed it. Rachel is a recovering lawyer, um, and she actually started stressing out with lawyer kinds of stress early on that she developed Crohn's disease at 16. And they told her she probably needed to laugh a little more. Um, so now she has also learned from Sarah how to laugh and, t- and brings laughter to other people. Um, we're going to get into that. Uh, they've got a book coming out. Um, it's currently entitled The Laugh Book. The, the laughter, laughter book, book, the laughter book, and but it uh, will we'll be talk, renamed. And it will be renamed. Um, so we, uh, so don't laugh about that. It's no laughing matter. <laughs> and uh, we're just gonna, we're gonna have some fun today, and and learn about identical twins and their identical financial beliefs, which I'm sure is exactly true, right? Everything about you, oh yeah, is identical. Not. And before we get started, Bob, don't you think we need to ask everyone? Have they laughed today? Because have you if laughed you today? That's your... now, if you haven't, we need to. Now, Sarah, have you laughed today? Of course I have. Every day at <laughs> 1 o'clock Central there... Time, I go on Facebook Live, and I laugh with whoever shows up. Well, that's good. Now, are you not allowed to laugh until then? I mean, can you laugh oh, earlier? Oh, no, I, or... I wake up laughing. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. And Rachel, and how about you? And the fact that I get out of bed. <laughs> well, I I laugh in the mirror every morning. I I look at myself and I say good morning. <laughs> I do some smile ups and I laugh. Well, now, so I have to ask this: You were born two seconds apart. Two minutes. I, two, two minutes. Two minutes apart. I guess I two first. seconds is pretty rough. You and were first, first, so you're older. Um, so now, did you come out litigating? And Sarah came out laughing. I mean, did you come out angry <laughs> well, and happy? You know, here's what I happened. was breached, so I actually kicked her out. And she went home first because we were both under five pounds. So she went home first and I've sort of been trying to catch up ever since. Trying to like, you know, be the big sister, but she had home field advantage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was always told that I was the bonus baby. So, you know, like when you're told you're the bonus, you, it makes you feel really good. So words matter. That's like one of the really important lessons we've learned. That's that's awesome. Now, let me ask you this. Um, what are the financial benefits of laughter? 
oh my God, you laugh all the way to the bank. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. Actually, it is really true. For example, if I go into a company and I help them learn how to laugh. So we're talking about laughter without humor, learning how to laugh on purpose because just smiling, just smile while I talk. Smiling like this sends endorphins to your brain, tells cortisol, the stress hormone, to go away. And there are so many benefits of serotonin and dopamine, those feel-good chemicals that happen on steroids when you laugh through your body that you can actually beat your bottom line as a corporation when your teammates, when your staff, when your employees are laughing because it clears your mind, it makes you more present, it gives you focus and energy, it helps with stress, anxiety, and depression, it helps with heart health and lung capacity. And so the truth is that people can really help their bottom line, increase their bottom line by learning how to laugh more. It's just a known fact. And one of the things that's really important, when you pick up the phone, if you can make yourself smile and laugh before you do that, the person on the other end is going to be more magnetized to want to say yes to whatever it is you're asking. And when you're a team and you laugh together, you build intimacy and connection. And even you can do that socially, even with a physical distance, you could do it on Zoom. When you laugh together, you're building that connection that that really strengthens your productivity and creativity too. Cool. So let me ask you this because, and I'm going to take my, my glasses off. They have to, there we go. All right. They're weird. Thing. Um, so you, you know, you were born a couple minutes apart. One mm-hmm. of you had a lot of laughter, one, not so much. Um, over the years, have you noticed like for you, Rachel, did you know, like, Hey, she's laughing. I want more of that. Or that's annoying. No, really, he, really, it's a fascinating story. Uh-huh. I didn't discover the story until I was about 19 years old. But the story happened back when we were six, seven years old. We went to a birthday party. We were dressed the same but different colors. We went to a bowling party. And in between bowling, the girls were saying, okay, stand up next to each other back to back. Okay, let's see who's taller. Okay, look, you've got a scar over here. You've got one over here. You've got a mole over here. And we're leaving the party and somebody's driving us home. And this girl says, how do you tell yourself for your sister? And I thought, what an idiot. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> how do you know who you are? But it stuck with me for a long time. And what happened is that around the time I turned seven, I said to myself, you know, I need my own identity. Mm. I'm going to step back and see what she picks. And I'm going to do the opposite. So she was this happy laughing, you know, easygoing person. I picked miserable bitch. And, and How's I that working? It doesn't work for me. Not well. so well. But she was the bonus baby, remember? So she took care of me a lot yeah. and explained me to people. But I really didn't realize till I was 19 that I had actually done that. Mm-hmm. And then I started to recover myself. And, you know, there could be more than one laugher in the world. That's right. More than one happy person. The more, the better. We all need to be laughing. We all, we do, we do, we do. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. So growing up, you made these very different choices at seven. What do you remember hearing about money? And did you make different decisions about money even as kids? Were both of you savers? Were one Mm. of you? Well, I, I have to just say this story. My mother always said, develop a marketable skill. 
Now, that's really funny to me because I chose the, I have to love what I'm doing. I'm an artist. I studied photography and creative writing. Um, I always made less money. Rachel was a lawyer. So she, even before she got a, you know, she just always made more money. And I remember shopping she'd like go see a sweater. And instead of saying, oh, I like this red sweater. She's like, oh, this red sweater comes in 16 colors. I need one of those six. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) But I saved money always. Saved, 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 saved until I was in a situation as an adult where I owed money. And when you owe money, it sucks. It completely sucks because uh, actually one of the things that I learned is that we have a lot of systems that are meant to hurt people who owe money. And you get penalized because you already owe money. So it's really, really hard to get out of it. And it kind of speaks to my sort of mantra, which is life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. And so even when there is nothing to laugh about, even when you don't feel like you deserve it, first of all, you do deserve it. But um, we need to stop the negative self-talk and stop the self-judgment because Laughter can help you feel better. And so even when everything seems bad, you can still find laughter and put it in. And it will it will give you more monetary satisfaction. Even if you don't have it, you can pretend. Pretending yeah. and play are very important aspect of laughter. No, absolutely. And Rachel, did you notice when you started laughing more, did you notice a change in your body or in your... Oh, yeah. For sure. First of all, I'm a much, much more pleasant to be around. I noticed it the most with my husband. Um, he resisted the first few attempts at um, participating in like a laughter session with the family, but he's still a really great cheerleader on the sideline and a big promoter. And, you know, I'm, I'm reading this wonderful book, uh, Belly Laughter and Relationships. And I just randomly opened the book and there's an exercise and it says, grab the person you love, hold hands with them, look them in the eye and just say, laugh with me. And I've been doing that ever since that day. And wow. I'll, you know, if we haven't laughed today because we've hardly seen each other, I'll go, you know, we haven't laughed yet. And it's really causing me to shift my perspective a lot. That's and awesome. I will say that I've been on my laughter calls. I've been suggesting to the people I train and also just people I laugh with go, we're going to laugh for 30 seconds. And so you can see what 30 seconds feels like just randomly laughing for no reason. And the challenge is go out in your life today and either make a phone call or stop a stranger or a friend or a family member and say, Hey, will you laugh with me for 30 seconds today? And the reports back are phenomenal. People are just letting me know that it's changing the relationships. People there as adults, they're realizing they don't laugh as much as they used to and they miss it. Well, it feels a little vulnerable. Yes, a lot. (laughs) Well, in fact, in fact, there's research that indicates if you make eye contact, and I hope you can tell that I'm really making eye contact with you right now. Yeah. um, If you make eye contact with someone and share laughter, you are much more likely to share honest things about yourself, whether you are laughing with a stranger or a friend. Yes. Laughter breaks down those barriers and it does make you more vulnerable. Yeah. No, as, as you were talking, I thought that feels really vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> Even 30 seconds. So that's, right. that's amazing. Now, but if you, sorry, if you think ahead. about when you make eye contact and just smile with someone, mm-hmm. also that communicates, welcome, trust me, I'm inviting you to connect. So it's powerful and yeah. we don't even think about it, but when yeah. you know it, 
then suddenly you're like, oh, wait, I could control this. Yeah. So. And let me just say, this is a historically, this is because the, the creator of the universe gifted us with this phenomenal thing called laughter that allows us to signal without language. It is the universal language starting from when babies are three months old blind and deaf babies included in every language when you can laugh together it's like signaling that danger is past and now it's a big relief and now we can connect so it's it's really a powerful, powerful. thing now it's a, well when you say that it makes me think of i've traveled a lot to developing countries where english is not spoken um and since I'm not that literate, <laughs> uh, laughter is one of the ways that I can connect with a lot of people that yeah. even if they don't fully yeah. understand me, they can understand my laugh and my smile. Right. And like, that's the connection. So, right. um, and we also laugh how much, what percentage of our laughter do you think is, is laughed as a result of humor? 80%. Try no it idea. the other way around. Only 20%. Wow. And so when you know that, you start to observe when you're laughing in another country because you're maybe a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Maybe it's a surprise. We laugh when we're nervous, when we're scared, when things happen that we weren't expecting. Laughter is right. our go-to response. So we, we are laughing on our own without thinking about it to make ourselves get more equilibrium and feel good. So, well, that makes sense. It's a great distraction when something mm-hmm. comes up and <laughs> let me just laugh it off. Right. But and then that, that's not a conscious in. choice you're making 90% of the time. Right. Your body's doing it for you. We want to be in a state of equilibrium. So when that stress hormone kicks in, when you're afraid or nervous or embarrassed or whatever, your body goes, oh, let's laugh that, laugh at, laugh at that because we got to get back to normal. And laughter yeah. takes the stress hormone away. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one one of the things I remember vividly from the sixth grade, I'm I'm very, I always saw myself as an intense, serious person. And my sixth grade science teacher told me at the end of a, a work thing, she said, one day, the most important thing for you to learn how to do is to laugh at yourself. You're taking this way too seriously. And she was right. And it's taken me really until I did laughter with Sarah until she trained me to be a laughter leader that I really started to learn how to laugh at myself. It's not an easy thing when you have a lot of resistance and a lot of reasons not to. Well, you should have written her up and sued her. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you share that information with me? But you know, that same, that same mindset I think can apply to money because I had a lot of resistance to money having grown, you know, having lived a lot of years owing money so that, I mean, I remember once going to a gas station and seeing those little plastic rings was $1.39. I really wanted the ring. I, I stressed about it and thought about it for two weeks. I eventually think I did buy the ring, but like $1.39, that makes you really recognize that there are a whole lot of people who would never even consider buying something for $1.39. And it also gave me pause to realize I didn't need that. Right. And yet we're, we're, we're given the idea that we need all these things. Yeah. And so when you have resistance to money, laughter can help with that too. Again, because it puts you in the present moment yeah. and it allows you to sort of get past it and say, okay, I might not be able to 
put some money in my pocket right now. But if I can do this, if I can practice doing this every day, it will change my outlook. People will want to be with me more and I will show up differently because you do. You do show up differently when you have laughter as a regular in your life and suddenly you're more marketable in every way. Somebody's going to want to have you on their team and hire you because you're more fun to be with. So it kind of goes together. Now, I'm curious, as you're talking about the laughter and sharing it with people, did you have siblings? Yes, we have a younger sister. Oh, so they still went for another one after they got the bonus <laughs> When we kid. were only two years old. <laughs> yes. yes. The bonus wasn't enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> and does your younger sister, um, does she laugh? Wow. Well, you know, yes, she and I laugh with my other cousin a whole lot. Rachel doesn't usually partake in that. We're just not usually in the same spaces. Um, But yeah, I would say, I would say yes. I mean, I think there's something about the way Rachel and I laugh that is very different than anyone else that I laugh with. But I definitely laugh with Julie as well. Yeah. And yeah. there's no one in the world that makes me laugh as much as Sarah. In fact, anticipating <laughs> what I think she might say. Yeah. Like, I'm not really a very funny person, but she thinks I'm hilarious. So that's <laughs> great. <laughs> well, that's that's all that matters, right? That's all. Right. We just well, have to be a legend daughter, in our own head. <laughs> yeah. My daughter is very funny. And um, when I come home and say, uh, you know, hey, I have this joke or, hey, I need to tell you something. They, my two daughters would start laughing immediately because they know I won't be able to tell the joke. I won't remember. And then I start laughing because they're right. And so. <laughs> now, when it comes to, so you've got your kids laughing. Rachel, do you laugh with your, do you have one? Yeah, have, in fact, um, yes. Um, both, two of my three children have taken Sarah's laughter training. Oh, awesome. And, and my daughter used to teach um, high school gym in a girl's high school and brought me, before she did the training, she brought me and I taught back-to-back gym classes for a couple of different days. And um, yeah, and, and, and we came home. This was when I started to get a, a real hint of the value of doing this training. We had been at a family gathering and Sarah had let us all, except for my husband sitting on the couch in a laughter session, <laughs> mm-hmm. which Sarah ended up on the floor in a fetal position, laughing hysterically. I have a video of it, <laughs> but we came home and a couple weeks later, my daughter and I are in the kitchen and, you know, people are in the other room and there's some tension going on. And all of a sudden my daughter says, very good, very good. Yay which is the transition exercise that we do in a laughter session. And then I did it with her and just like, it was like magic. It was like waving a magic wand and all the tension was gone because she had just, you know, you've been somewhere where people are having a very heated political conversation and somebody will say, how about those dogs here in Georgia? (laughs) And they'll try to change distraction. Right. Right, So this was just perfect. That's awesome. Now, you talk to your kids about laughter. Do you talk with your kids about money? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we have some rules growing up. First of all, I think we could agree that the one mantra that we've heard our mothers say over and over, there's actually two of them. One is, it's only money. Mm. 
we didn't have so much money, but my mother managed it so beautifully. Yeah, she, she was so frugal and so practical. We got to do a lot of things. We went to the theater matinees on Saturday because that was the cheapest time to go. Good. When we would go shopping for clothes, everything was, do you have something to go with that? Do you have something to go with that? Is it but on we, sale? Yeah. Do you really need that? How but much we, do you need that? <laughs> but we got an allowance and it was very formulaic. We were given... We, we, she we would help us budget and we would determine how much do you, you need milk money? Okay, you need bus money. I just, money, I just want to point out I have not nearly the detailed memory of this. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is why you were busy laughing. I put it in the bank and the rest didn't matter. <laughs> so we got our amount and then to it, we added an amount to save. We yeah, always had to that. save 10%. And an amount to go to charity, another ten percent. But that—that—that's that, when you could actually go to the bank teller window with your little bank book, and you yeah. actually gained interest on your savings. Not like today when it's right. right. the worst. You, you just earned two cents. Congratulations! <laughs> and we were allowed—we were allowed to buy anything we wanted with our money, except not candy. Oh. We weren't allowed to buy candy. And um, but I'll tell you, we did have jelly beans once in a while and if you want to know if our sister laughed she will laugh all the way to her stomach we would have jelly beans these colored jelly beans you just imagine three little girls on the floor each with their little bowl of jelly beans it was uh, it was after halloween we never had jelly beans any other time go on okay fine so we're trading the colors right right what's the best color black for julie our sister she loves the licorice ones. They are the best. So she yes. would trade, but she would also eat while we're, while this high level trading is going on. <laughs> yeah. She's just eating her. So it always looks like she doesn't have as many. As oh, you feel, feel bad for her. her. Yeah. <laughs> giving her more. She's a smart cookie. <laughs> She's <Yeah>. very smart. <laughs> she knows how to work the sisters. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And so with your children, do you have budgets? Do they get an allowance? My kids got an allowance for a while. My youngest son, who's now 25, is extremely um, aware of when the, the, the allowance stopped. Because when he was 10, we moved to Israel and he started performing on the street. And he was making the equivalent of about $15 an hour as a 10-year-old. And he got two movie propositions. Wow. And so he was making his own money from a very young age. Now he's got his own moving company. He's doing amazing. So we gave them an allowance to try to teach them about money. And it stopped after a while. And I I have a very interesting story. Uh, My kids got an allowance too. But um, my daughter, my older one, she was five uh, and about to start first grade and we went we lived in georgia at the time and we went to uh the northern part of georgia we were in this little boutique and everything in the store was sequins now five-year-old girl she finds a backpack that is covered in multicolored sequins and she has to have it it was 65 dollars she's begging 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 please can i have this and you you could tell this was a child who she didn't want a lot. And this was, she wasn't going out without the backpack. So I said, okay, so let's add this up. If we use your allowance every week for the whole year, that means you won't be able to get ice cream at lunchtime. Then you could have the backpack. She didn't hesitate for one second. She knew that she needed the backpack and it was worth 
it was worth it to her. And we, every now and then we would give her an extra treat, but she didn't get allowance that whole year. And, um, she loved that backpack. She was known as the girl with the backpack. Um, but I was married for almost 34 years to a husband who didn't want to talk about money. And so, uh, both my kids feel like they didn't understand money the way that they would like to. And I do feel badly about that because I think it's so important. Um, you can have a good relationship with money if you understand how it works. And it's really important, I think, especially for women to know how it works. And, and on that note, it's harder, I think, for women to get divorced financially than it is emotionally because it's all tied up together and it's it can be really difficult. And that said, the first my I was so even before I was a lawyer, when Sarah went off to travel here and travel there, she spent a semester abroad and a quarter abroad. And I went straight through school and straight through law school and straight to a job. And in the summers, I worked and I worked at a factory and I made four dollars and 40 cents an hour, which I think minimum wage at that time was like two dollars and 80 cents. And she turned purple. I, yes, I, I, but I got, um, double time and a half on, on weekends, which I loved to do. And I remember my first purchase was a backgammon game that I still haven't played today. It cost me $52. Wow. It was a lot of money. It's a beautiful game, but you know, and then, and I bought one shirt that was $52 also. And the beaut- and I had that blouse for a really long time. But what, what I would do is I would wear it once. And then the next time I would wear it, I would go, oh, twice. So now it only costs me $25 did each you do time. That too? I yes. did that too. <laughs> yes. I still do that. But yeah, I, bought I have my- some clothes that are negative costs. <laughs> but I bought my first car and I, it was $24,000 and I bought it brand new. And then I paid I it never off owned over a, brand a few new car, years. Not ever. I would never own it again. It, de- it depreciates as soon as you walk off the lot. It's ridiculous. So, and then I realized how much it costs to buy this car. Oh my gosh. Like, and the same thing with houses. So my husband was very into, we'll save our money and save our money and save our money. We're not having any debt. We're going to save our money until we can buy this house and we'll save our money until we can buy this car. And that's how we've lived. So we pretty much don't have any debt, which is pretty awesome. So not having any debt. So Rachel, that's been your mantra, like don't have debt. And Sarah, would you say that that's um, true for you? Or oh, is that- I absolutely, I never, ever wanted debt. We got into debt because of some medical issues and I didn't work for two years. And so the problem, as I said earlier, once you get into debt, it's really, really difficult because life doesn't stop. You know, you can't not put braces on your kid's teeth. You can't. Right. And, and so, you know, we all make decisions, but yes, I think that, and I, I was able to teach my children that, but it was funny because for a while, um, they both had the idea that if you had a credit card, so long as you paid something, it was okay. And I was like, no, 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 that's not the way it goes. Right. You know, yeah. that $20 shirt just cost you $50. Do so. you think, um, like, would you say that you credit your mom with teaching you those uh, values and, and our father, because our father grew up very, very poor. Uh-huh. So to him, even by the time we were born, he was a king living in a palace. Right. He never needed anything. And he 
taught us a whole lot about like birthday presents and expectations. And, you know, um, he was, I remember the conversation about college. Okay. We were very, both of us were very high up in the class ranking. So we pretty much thought that we could go to school almost where we wanted. Not true. Um, but, but close, you know, we had choices. And I remember talking about that and my mother saying, it's going to be expensive if you go out of state. And my father saying, you get accepted and we'll figure it out. Ah. Well, I ended up hearing my mother say, you know, do you really need that? Right. Is it on sale? Um, at one point I was a musician and I was, um, playing the oboe and my teacher, this is in like uh, eighth that's grade, a my teacher, <laughs> oh, but I loved it and I was good at it. And oh, my cool. teacher went away to college and the message was the closest teacher is an hour away. Do you really need to do that? Do you really want it? And I didn't. Wow. I mean, I did, but I heard the message I heard but the was, voice said no. The voice said, we can't do this. And so, you know, um, my mother was always overly practical and my father was a little more permissive, but also he taught us to not need frivolous things and to not set high expectations or any expectations because then you get disappointed. Did I say that all right, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. They were a nice combination. Yeah. No, that's that's good. And, but... I, the question that I wanted to follow that with is, so they laid this foundation when you started having kids and raising them, was that a conscious thing that you realized, oh, I need to share the same information forward mm-hmm. or because some people are always like, oh, I didn't realize I needed to relay the information to the next mm-hmm. generation. Yeah. And, you know, they just happened to get lucky that their parents gave them the information and they didn't pass it forward. So I'm right. curious about that. I remember shopping with my daughter. Uh, This was probably when she was a teenager. And I remember going into a clothes store when jeans were like $65, you know, ridiculous amount of money for a pair of jeans. And so, you know, we walked around the store and she talked about things she wanted. And then we made our way to the sale rack. And then I explained to her, listen, if I say to you, you have $100 to spend today, you can get six things off the sale rack, or you can go get that one pair of jeans and, you know, something else. And she really got it. And unfortunately, I don't want to say anything bad about my mother, but my mother, as I said, was overly practical. And so at one point, there was a time when she was about to buy my daughter a birthday present and she pulled the, are you sure you need that? And so (laughs) my daughter did not get it. And I later went back and got it. That's that's funny. Um, I actually flipped that one at some point because I used to do that to myself. Do I really Mm -hmm. need this? I'll buy this the one on sale. And then after a while, I started realizing that thing that I bought on sale for $10, I don't really like it as much as I would have liked that other thing. And I could take three of these and trade it for one of those and be happier. Yeah. So I like to evaluate my happiness. Yeah. Right. And I think you taught all of us that. I think you even (laughs) taught mom that. I did. That's so. All right, Rachel. What does Sarah spend money on that it's like just a such a waste of money that she shouldn't spend money on that? Where does she spend the money that's just like in your world? Don't do that. 
Well, I, it's not that I mind that she does it. She just doesn't give me any of it, but she buys a <laughs> lot of jewelry. She goes to, she gets them on sale sometimes, but she'll uh-huh. travel somewhere in an airport and she'll show me the latest ring she has. She must have, I don't know how many of them. Um, we're talking, we're talking about like, usually my limit is $40 for a ring. We're not talking about fancy <laughs> things. Okay. Right. Okay. But she right. does have some really beautiful ones. Yeah. Um, what does she spend money on? I, I think that's it. Like, all right. Yeah, I don't have very many financial When places. I go visit Sarah, the first place we go is the <laughs> clothing consignment store where we have an absolute blast. And every now and then we fight over wanting the same thing and who yeah. saw it first. Right. And then we go to Staples and um, Office Depot to the clearance rack because we're really both into pens and paper and crayons because she made some coloring books. So we both really love sales. I don't think she's too frivolous. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's, and Sarah, <laughs> is there anything that you see Rachel spend money on that in your book would be, oh, I probably wouldn't go there? Well, like I said before, six or seven of the same thing, just different colors. I just, that always like intrigued me. And I was like, oh my God, like I can't do that. Um, you know, Rachel's very generous. Mm-hmm. And so um, every now and then she'll buy two of something, one in one color and one in the other color, and she gets tired of the one color, so then I get the other color. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get my choice. I don't get my choice, but I get the rejects. But, you know, Rachel and her husband often buy food in bulk, and I'm talking like you go open the thing, and there's not like six. There's like cases of something, and that always intrigued me. We have a lot of company. Right. They have a lot of company. They go through a lot of food. But, you know, I just that always baffled me. I don't she spends a lot of money on books, which I value tremendously. But I tend to not buy books. I tend to get them at the library. Ah. Well, I can relate to buying in bulk. I um, I think when I went in and out of income when I was younger, I just always wanted to make sure I had a month or two's worth of food. If I for some reason ever lost a job, even though it didn't happen, I just Mm -hmm anticipated it (laughs) and i always kept lots of food because i think Mm -hmm. we didn't have a lot i mean we had a big family my parents didn't have a lot of income and there were a couple months where oh we're having french toast because we're using all the old bread and i hated french no we had french onion soup that i would not eat for years because we ate that at the end of the month Uh, yeah (laughs) well yeah i lost what i was gonna say sorry all right well i'm gonna i have to do this so uh, Rachel, when I was out visiting in Atlanta, um, taught me this little exercise. And I do think that there's, um, there's so important. There's, it's, it is important to like have an intentional, uh, body stance or to get into a certain mind frame when you're taking yourself out or you're feeling depressed or you're not feeling confident. Uh, Amy Cuddy talks about that, um, in a Ted talk about, um, the power, the Superman, Superwoman's uh, pose, um, yeah. How do we get into a uh, – lead us through that little exercise that you – if you don't mind. Uh, sure. Maybe we can all have a little bit of a laugh together even if there's okay. nothing funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you? Uh, so I developed this because I had a lot of resistance to laugh at first. And when you're not so sure you feel comfortable laughing with a group of people, the easiest way to overcome it, we all know how to breathe. So take a deep breath. And hold it. And but as you, you have exhale, to breathe through your nose. Breathe, breathe through your nose. 
as you exhale, you're just going to say ha as long as many times as you can until you have no breath left. Okay. Now, if you're doing this with somebody who's like a speech therapist or with kids and you want to like have them really, you want to have them focus not on the laughing, but okay, can you do it again and now make an O sound? Let's try it with ho. <laughs> now let's try it with he. <laughs> and let's do it one more time, only this time. Keep your lips together. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> I actually have been doing this um, as an exercise where you start with your mouth closed and you actually start to pay attention and feel where does the ha, you know, ricochet off of your mouth. It goes yeah. back into your throat when you take a, a quick breath because you want to keep it going. It's kind of fascinating to pay attention to. What? Well- it's what I noticed for me. I actually resonated with the ha uh, more than the he or the ha, you know. It's it's a more natural. It more, yeah, it was actually respond, that yeah. was even just it, the laughter just came and it felt a little more like I had to do the uh, yeah. he 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 and the ho ho ho. What for whatever reason I just right. it's interesting, interesting. Yeah. So I know we're coming to a, a, a we're getting near the end. I could talk to you guys for the you gals for the next. Uh, <laughs> five hours. Um, but I know there's other things in the world going on. Uh, what advice, what would each of you say to somebody that's trying to decide, should I go and be, you know, a professional? Should I go be the lawyer? Um, should I go do the whatever, or, um, you should follow your passion or whatever you do, have a little bit of laughter. What, what would each of you say as your, one of your children is going off into the world and leaving the nest? Oh, you have to do what you love. You have to do what you love because are you familiar with strengths finders? No. Well, the the notion is that if you do what you that you're good at what you like. And yeah. so if you if you enjoy it, you're going to work harder at it, you're going to be better at it. And since we know that we're going to spend more time and energy at work doing work than anything else, most likely, unless we're independently wealthy, then if you love it, then you're going to be happy to get up and go every day. And yeah, the world sucks for people who don't have money. But I also know a lot of people who make a lot of money who suddenly stopped because they're unhappy. And so I would choose the joy over the money and hope that I have some good friends who help support me when I'm really down. (laughs) Or a great sister. (laughs) Well, you know, I have three children. Two of them have a degree. Um, One of them, the oldest, has a degree and she's a stay-at-home mom like I was because I I stopped being a lawyer when my oldest daughter was born. My second daughter has a degree in photography and she's getting a degree in early childhood and she's a nanny. My third child is very smart and has not gone to college. He's 25 and he has his own moving company and he's doing amazing. I think that College today is not what it was when we were in school. When we were going to college, you knew that you could go to college and get a job. It might not be your pick of a job, but you'd get a job. 
That's not true anymore. I think that doing what you love is important. My husband has never worked for anybody. He blurs the line between work and play very well. You find what you love and you're always going to be selling yourself. So you find the way to make yourself stand out above the crowd. You, you got to gather marketable skills. I think that was the best line our mother ever said to us, develop marketable skills. And you look for where there's a need and you fill it. But she forgot to say, and by the way, become a marketer too. Because <laughs> yeah, do the marketing the, with the marketing. Right. Skills. That's the hardest part. I think that today, no matter what you do, I think you have to be, you have to know business and you have to know marketing. And that's a challenge because I'm really good at laughter. I'm not as good with some of the other things as I would like to be. And I don't yeah. want to tell that to people, but like it, it takes a lot longer. And my, my money mantra has always been if you have money, you can make money. And if you don't, it takes a lot longer. Yeah. Well, I definitely agree that it's like follow your passion. I know lots of people with lots of money that aren't that happy. And I think like I'm fortunate. I love what I do. So it doesn't actually feel like work. I actually just feel like I'm showing up and doing what I need to do. Um, Most of the time, I'm sure there's a couple of days when I'm (laughs) Doing a tax return, and I'm a little annoyed with a client. Uh, I love them all, but uh, yeah, I, I, that's that's awesome advice. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I have a website called Laugh Healthy, and uh, I have the requisite. Um, yeah, laughhealthy.com. Sorry, not those other dots. Laughhealthy.com. Thank you. Uh, and I am on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, I do Facebook Live every day at one o'clock. And if you want to see it live, you have to go to my personal page, which is Sarah Routman. And you don't have to be my friend. I make it public. But um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And, and they can you be your friend know. eventually. <laughs> yes, of course. And you never know because when we can travel again, I travel the world laughing and you never know where you're going to find me. So I've been on TV too. You never know. Awesome. Right. And so I have a Facebook page called The Laughter Habit and also a YouTube channel called The Laughter Habit. And where you can find out a lot about both of us at the same time is thelaughterbook.com. And there you'll also find information about our Laugh Now movement. And we, we pass out these cards and you'll be able to read more about that. And you can see some of our podcasts and some of our Sarah's TV appearances. And The Laughter Book is the book that we are writing together. It was supposed to be done a few years ago, and it was my book. And then suddenly it became our book, and it's still not done. But it will probably be named something else. But for now, the website is The Laughter Book. So you can get .com. You can get information there. Well, we'll we'll look for that book to come out so we can laugh with you. Yes, great. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's just been awesome. And I think there's no better time than right now to be finding some humor or at least having a little bit of laughter because I think – with all that's going Absolutely. on, we could all use a little bit of lightness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I want to say to our audience, don't forget to share the love. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. Or you can, if you prefer to watch our episodes, you can head over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to our channel. Sarah and Rachel, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming Thanks on. Thanks for having us. It, it's, it's just, it's been 
it's been a delight. It's been fun, which is what I was hoping for. And I really appreciate all the great advice. And I wish you so much success in bringing laughter to the rest of the world. Well, thank, thank you, you so much, Bob. You've been fabulous to laugh with. And <laughs> listen, when you um, are out there in the world, um, just remember, ask people, have you laughed today? <laughs> and then give a giggle with them. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.